What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. to the Kingdom Mandate. Join us each Saturday as we share empowering and equipping messages that reflect on the Kingdom of God according to His sovereign will for mankind to remain in His covenant order. Get your clarion call and follow us on Blog Talk Radio, Kingdom Empowerment, Inc. Everything that you will have us to learn today, God. 
open our ears to hear your voice speaking to us and remove any biases that we may have developed um, about this particular passage of Scripture, God. We ask that you guide us in all truths and prevent our own internal voices from speaking out of turn or drowning out what you have to say to us, oh God. We ask that you will not let us retain any error, but rather that we delight in truth, God. May we grow in grace, God, and the knowledge of you, and we just thank you as we study your word, God, that your name be exalted and lifted up. You are worthy of praise, oh God. You are alone, are holy and good, gracious and great mercy, God. We ask that you open our eyes to see your truth, open our ears to hear your voice, open our hearts to receive what you have to say for each one of us, and open our lips to speak only that which glorifies your name. In Jesus Christ we pray, amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. You know, um, again, I just want to point out uh, one of the things that Jesus said about, he said it will be like in the days of Noah. And if you listen to the one Genesis 6 and Genesis 7, you will go, uh, there's a little bit deeper information in that. Um, And it was in Matthew 24, uh, 35 through 38, that Jesus speaks about it being in the days of Noah. And so we all know that Noah did build the ark, and after he built the ark, you know, according to the instructions of our Lord and Savior, uh, our Father, and he says, you know, he goes on into Genesis 8, after the building of the ark and after being shut into the ark. So we're going to read from Genesis 8, and I'm starting at verse 1, and then we're going to discuss it. Uh, Genesis 8, verse 1 says, and God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged. The fountains also of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped and the rain from heaven was strained. And the waters returned from off the earth continually. And after the end of the 150 days, the waters were abated. And the ark rested in the seventh month on the 17th day of the month upon the mountains of Ararat. And the waters decreased continually until the 10th month. And the 10th month of the first day of the month were the tops of the mountains seen. Mm. That's some powerful stuff right there. You know, kind of reflects back on Isaiah chapter 2 as well um, when we spoke about the mountains in there. And it came to pass at the end of the 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made, and he sent forth a raven which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from off the earth. Also he sent forth a dove from him, to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. But the dove found no rest for the the sole of her feet, and she returned unto him into the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand and took her and pulled her in unto him into the ark, stayed yet other seven days, and again, he sent forth the dove out of the ark, and the dove came in to him in the evening, and lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. 
So Noah knew that the waters were abated from off the earth. And he stayed yet other seven days and sent forth the dove, which returned not again unto him any more. And it came to pass that the six hundred and first year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried up from off the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. And the second month and the seventh and twentieth day of the month, he was the earth dried. And God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth out of the ark, thou and thy wife and thy sons and thy sons' wives with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is in with thee, of all flesh, both the fowl and the cattle, of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. And Noah went forth, and his sons and his wives and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every fowl, and whatever creepeth upon the earth after their kind, and went forth out of the ark. And Noah built an altar unto the Lord, and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar, and the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground. I will not again curse what the ground any more for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done. While the earth remaineth, seed time and and harvest, and the cold and heat, and the summer and winter, and the day and night shall not cease. Now, I I just want to interject and add in here. Genesis 9, uh, 1. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. So I've been reading in Genesis 8 and I read Genesis 9, verse 1. And uh, Minister Belinda, please tell us what the Lord has has shared with you in that uh, Genesis 8 and 9 that I just read. Uh-huh. Uh, um, that number 7. You'll hear that a lot in the Bible. You know, 7 days, 7, 7 and stuff. It's amazing that uh, the 7 rises up like God, the days. That number 7 is irrelevant to God. And that uh, he told Noah again. You know, he told Noah to build the boat, told him what would happen. And now he's given instructions to Noah again after the land had been cursed and the water covered the land. You know, and he sent that bird, that raven out for seven, you know, seven days. And each time he kept doing it, another bird, you know, the dove, seven days. And then even though he did all of that, he waited and God gave him instructions, you know, to go out. And I was, when you were reading that, I was thinking, I said, Lord, how many times do you try to tell your people, 
you know, to rest in him, you know, to trust God and, and, and know that when he says rest in him and trust him, he's, he's telling you to, to, to be secure, you know, that God is going to take care of you and that he'll give you an answer. He'll give you direction. And then when you get apart, you wait on God again. You know, Noah trusted God, and he built the boat. Now he had God, what was a curse, he's turning into a blessing. You know, he's telling them, take the animal, all the animals out. And then uh, the lamb will uh, multiply. The animals will multiply. The land will be prosperous. And that he wouldn't curse the land no more. So he's, you know, it, 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 it's a lot here, you know, to uh, that w- the stages that God takes Noah through and what he does. And that's, you know, that obedience, of being obedient to God, listening to God, following his direction. Absolutely, because uh, like you said, he did not step off of the boat, even though that he knew that the land must be dry after he sent the dove out. He Mm -hmm. waited still for the Lord to say, move now. And um, Mm -hmm. I think that's very important uh, for the body of Christ to take remembrance that even though the Lord sent you somewhere and you, you know, you see other things and you know you want to move and do something. It's very important for us to stay put until the Lord say move. Um, yeah. Yeah. S- Sister Spencer, please share what the Lord uh, gave you in Genesis 8. Amen. Well, you know, I, I love uh, where it says, um, well, I guess, Starting out, you know, I had a week where I was feeling uh, that, you know, I was just bogged down with a lot of things. Feeling that, I'm sorry, give me one moment here. I don't know if you can hear this or not. I I can hear you. Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. I'm sorry. Um, you know, where I start had a week where I was starting out feeling that I have been forgotten. Just sometimes you have circumstances in your life, and I think I I talked to you briefly about it last week. You know, just it seemed like a perfect storm, you know. And I just, when I read Genesis 8-1, I believe is where it it is, where it says that God remembers Noah. And, you know, when you think about that, you know, Noah, the Bible doesn't tell us about, how Noah may have felt during that time that he was on the ark. The whole world had just been destroyed by the flood. Um, he was, the rain had come down for 40 days and 40 nights. And then the Bible doesn't tell us whether or not he, Noah heard from God during that time. But if he did, the Bible doesn't report it. But it does finally say when he speaks to Noah again, telling him to come off the ark, the oppression that you kind of get is that he hadn't spoken to him in a you know in a you know in a while, and like I said, it's not recorded in the text. But we're told we're, there are some commentaries that say that you know that Noah was on the ark for a year, a little over a year. But when I thought about that, 
you know, about God remembering Noah. Those three words tells a lot because a lot of our greatest human fears is to be forgotten. You know, it, we're not, the text is not saying that God forgotten Noah. It just simply means that in the midst of the great flood that God stayed true and faithful to his promises, he promised to deliver Noah and his family and all those animals during the flood. He looked down on the earth and he remembered to have mercy on those eight people floating in this big old boat with all of these animal animals. But even when our time of, uh, uh, where we feel forgotten, you know, in the midst of our trials, you know, that God is there. And I, I just love where um, it just, it, it just reminds me that, you know, it just points to God's faithfulness. You know, from our point of view, it may be seen like God has forgotten us. Maybe he's been silent for a while. Maybe, but we know that he will act in his own time, that he remembers us, that he is faithful to those who are faith, were faithful to him. And to remember that, you know, even in our midst of our trials, that since God is faithful enough to remember us, that we by faith should remember God. And when it came when it seems like God has forgotten you, we have to think about the salvation that God has granted us in Jesus Christ. It's not based on anything that we've done. You know, it talked we talked, you know, a few weeks ago how God how Noah found grace, you know, among among uh all of those his peers. You know, and so I, I you know, I just think about how uh, that that those three words kind of struck me that God remembered Noah, but then I thought about as he came off the ark that Noah must have had some mixed emotions. On one hand, he was grateful that God had delivered him, but on another hand, he must have felt like a bit apprehensive because God had wiped out every other person and all the animals off the face of the earth. You know, Noah, this hadn't been a great uh, scene for him to to actually step off the ark to see what God had really brought him through and had saved him from. But it just reminded me that, you know, our final salvation, our preservation doesn't depend on um, what we do. You know, that God's promise of sparing the earth from the judgment like this again, it's not really conditioned on, you know, us. You know, it, it, God promises to do and it's faithful in spite of the fact that we're unfaithful. So I'm just glad that our future deliverance from God's judgment, it depends on God's faithfulness and not ours. Because, you know, as we grow in Christ and grow into obedience, there isn't a saint with a perfect track worker. You know, Satan likes to come and say, you know, look at you. You claim to be a Christian. How can you possibly be expected to be saved by God? In those, in those times of doubt, you know, I'm not trusting in my track record to commend me to God. I'm trusting in God's faithfulness of who he said he was. And I'm trusting in his word. And uh, it just made me, uh, this whole account, just being on a boat for a year, you know, it, it, the conditions had to be, the Bible doesn't tell us what the conditions, I mean, being on a boat with close family members for a year, in close quarters, where I think would drive me crazy, or being in a, a boat where a bunch of animals and we don't know what you know the conditions were, but it, it had to have been a great life change for him. But you know, as Minister Belinda said, he waited on God. He didn't just step off on the boat. He wait. He actually, God gave him signs, and by the way of him sending these birds out, and I just think that God most certainly does that today. You know, so we need to stay faithful to what we know to be true, to 
obey the Lord and follow what we've been given. And, you know, Noah had to give up, had to get up and take care of his responsibilities on the ark. It didn't matter if he felt like it or not, but God had given him a job to do and it had to be done. His feelings didn't matter. He knew God had led him that far and he believed that God had his best interest at heart. So while he waited for the Lord to speak again, he did the only thing he could do is remain faithful. I remember hearing it this way a long time ago. It was, do not doubt God in darkness, what God has shown you in the light. And to me, that's good advice to wait on the Lord. And just remember, while God, he was waiting on God to, you know, in effect, remember him, Noah was remembering God and just taking care of doing what he had to do until he heard from the Lord again. So that's yeah. what I, I got from it. I, I agree with you, um, but um, we also have to look at, you know, the fact that Jesus said it will be like in the days of Noah, and, I, you know, there was something that wasn't right in the earth. Um, James tells us that faith without works is dead. So I just want, for the sake of the audience, uh, I just want to talk about this a little bit and get some clarification because we don't want to leave someone out there saying, oh, well, I'm okay, and they stay off in their, you know, stay off in mess because obviously God didn't like the mess, even though that he said he wasn't going to destroy the earth like he did with the waters. You know, he nevertheless, he did destroy it. And then we have Jesus saying that it will be like in the days of Noah. Now, on this Genesis 8 and Genesis 9, there were only eight souls that were left because of Noah's faithfulness toward God, um, un- he, which he counted it unto righteousness. Now, but Noah, there was something different and unique about Noah in that time before he even started building the ark that God saw in Noah. Okay. So, um, you know, that he chose Noah to build the ark. So let's talk about this a little bit. It says, um, I want to read in Isaiah 54, 9 first. And it said, uh, for this is as the waters of Noah unto me, for as I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I will not be wroth with thee nor nor rebuke thee. Now, the the waters went all over the earth in this case, and, and we know at that time that the earth was joined together, that it wasn't divided, you know, out in spaces as it is now as we see it, like one continent over in one area, another continent, and another area. So the whole earth was joined together when it was, you know, the waters came over it. But now we have a flood occurring here, a flood occurring there, a flood occurring in another place. Now, and I'm, I'm not trying to equate that to say that God is cleansing or God is doing something in this hour. I'm not saying it for that point. But I want to I want us to look at this because a lot of times we get things a little bit out of order, and I'm, so I want to refer to James chapter two, fourteen through twenty six, and then we'll discuss it 
and um, say what thus says the Lord. And Genesis 2, verses 14 through 26 is what I'm reading. It says, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of a daily food, and one of you says to them, Deport in peace, he is warm and filled, but you do not give them the things that are needed for the body, what does it profit? And then it says, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you your show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O oh, oh foolish man, that faith, and I'm not calling anyone foolish, I'm just reading the word of God, please. O oh, foolish man, that faith without works is dead. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see that then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. So uh, there's many, much more to read in. Well, let me go through to 26, like I said. It says, likewise, not Rahab the harlot, also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead. So faith without works is dead also. So, um, Minister Belinda, um, please share what your thoughts on that, and we'll move um, to Sister Spencer as well afterwards. Yeah, yes. <clears throat> yes, God used to give me that a lot when I was uh, trying to learn and how to be a conqueror through God's word and how to use it in my life. And he would say, faith, faith without works. And I remember one time God said, uh, um, had this ring, and it said, faith, faith, yeah, and then it was a faith, trust, and faith. And one day God said, Melinda, you have to trust me and have faith. But I had faith, but I wasn't really trusting God in certain areas. Because I was fearful. So I had to pray, you know, about the areas in my life. You know, Noah had to believe God. And then he had to have works. Works, you know, he had the faith in God to believe him. And his works was put into action. The faith and the the trust in God allowed him to build the boat. So... They have to, you have to have both of them. Because when you trust God and you believe in him, then you have to believe what his word says. And the word you take and you put it in action. 
and the relevance of this is that he said man's mind, where is that scripture in here? Uh, the works of man, man's mind is evil. Because they chose to 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 have, listen to their own mind, and he says, you know, even the heart can deceive you, and those are emotions. You know, the word of God, it has to supersede our thoughts and our emotions, and you have to learn to, by the word of God, that's that wisdom uh, and knowledge to discern what, what, what am I feeling, what is coming to me. And then you, you look at it through the word of God because all power and victory is in God's word. The word, you know, and if you look at these all through the Bible, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, the evil that came on the earth was at a man's imagination. And who works in that area? The devil. You know, the 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 book there where it says, uh, out of the hearts comes murderers, comes uh, all those things that are against God. That's why he said, guard your heart. You also have to guard your mind. But you got to, your thoughts. And he says, pulling those things down, you know, bringing them in subjection, your thoughts. And you have to turn around and speak to them things. I curse that. That's not of God. God says this. And the more you do that, the stronger the man becomes, the inner man becomes. Because nothing comes without the word. You know, strength in God is in God. When we're weak, we're strong. It took me a while to understand that. Because I kept looking at my weaknesses. And then God said, you know, he had to come and talk to me. He said, Belinda, you don't understand. It's not your natural or your, your weaknesses. He said, my word said, when you're weak, you're strong because you're, you're leaning on me. I will never be weak. I will never not have strength. So I had to learn, even in the state I was, that God said, and I would talk to myself, the Lord said, when I'm weak, I'm strong, because God, you are my anchor. You are my leaning post. And, and uh, uh, it keeps you. You know, uh, this man, there's no way he could have done this. There's no way humanly possible this man could have endeavored and went through this without God and maintained without God. Hey, man, I was just... Go ahead, sister. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I I thought you were finished. (laughs) No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just what you were saying was just speaking to me as far as, you know, Noah being a, a man of faith, that there was no way he could have got, did this without God. We, I mean, when you think about it, what evidence did Noah have to go on? When we we learn in the Bible, uh, mm-hmm. the writer of Hebrews defines faith as the substance of things hoped for, the evidence mm-hmm. of things not seen. And when you think about 
what what God was asking Noah to do, he was asking him to do an unseen thing. You know, what yeah. un- evidence did Noah have to go on when God asked him to build the ark? Noah had never seen anything resembling a global flood before. So all he had to go on was the truth of the character of God, you know, and who he was. You know, Noah may have known of God's promise that, you know, when in Genesis that, you know, uh, 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 that you know the serpent's head would be crushed, and therefore trust that God would keep that promise. I don't know, but you know we know that Noah's faith is illustrated in the fact that even after he'd been warned by God that a great flood would be coming, he made practical preparations for something that he had not yet seen. Amen. He, motive, he was motivated to build the ark. It was his. It had to be his reverent fear of God, and not only did Noah obey God not only because he knew God in a personal way, but he his faith was acting on his word, no matter how foolish it may have seemed to the world around him. So faith and mm-hmm. works go hand in hand because he Noah didn't wait till it rained before he started building the ark. You know, he okay. had been making preparations for that well belong then before then and if like we learned a couple weeks ago that uh, uh it took a hundred that it was hundred and twenty years that they were given to repent, that meant that Noah had to walk in faith every single day, every 120 years that it was going to rain, that it was going to flood, that that he, what, every piece of plank or cedar or whatever he was using to build the ark, that everywhere that he placed it, that that, that, that boat would be good enough for them not to drown. You know, he was doing something that a monumental task that it really required him what we're required to do in our own Christian life, and that's to walk by faith and not by sight. Mm-hmm. You know, so when we seek to live our lives, and like uh, Donna was saying, that when we seek to live our lives in light of a coming judgment, because we know that we're promised a new heavens and a new earth, we can't see those things right now. And that faith in that is seen as foolish to an unbelieving world. So, mm-hmm. you know, people may have mocked us or like they mocked him or call him foolish or call him insane, but Noah turned out to be the only person that was sane in the world because in essence of that sanity, he took what God said to him seriously, where it's insanity yeah. a sin to reject the word of God. You know, so mm-hmm. the, the Noah in the floor, it teaches us about the reality of, you know, what it is to be alienated from God and the cost of being alienated on God. It will cost a person everything to choose to follow the Lord Jesus Christ in this world because that world is priceless, but it also will cost you everything not to do that. You lose your life. So, you know, I was just listening to you, and when you talk about faith and work, you know, they do, they go hand in hand. You, you, we must be uh, saving faith produces work. It's not something that we're working toward. We, we would, if we're having faith in God, either we trust in Jesus and be redeemed, or we will face the judgment of God for our sin. It's no in between. So mm-hmm. it's because of Noah's willingness uh, to believe God and what God had promised that he, his faith. Uh, took save him, and not only just him, but his household around him. And so, yes, you know, by faith, you know, 
it, it's a subtle confidence of something that we haven't seen yet, but we know it's been promised by God. And without faith in the promises of God, like the Bible says, it's impossible to please him well. Yes. Amen. Amen. I knew that evangelist was going to come out. out of Amen. <laughs> In Ezekiel 14, you know, um, verses 12, I just want to interject the rest of these scriptures about Noah in the Bible so we can get more of a picture uh, of God's view in it. And uh, Ezekiel 14, I'm reading from verse 12. It said, The word of the Lord came again to me, saying, Son of man, when the land sinneth against me by trespassing grievously, then which I stretch out my mine hand upon it, and will break the staff of the bread thereof, and will send famine upon it. I will cut off man and beast from it. Though these uh, three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they should they should deliver, but their own souls by their righteousness, said the Lord. God. If I uh, cause noisome beasts to pass through the land, and they spoil it so that it is desolate that no man may pass through because of the beasts, though these three men were in it as I live, said the Lord God, they shall deliver. Neither sons nor daughters, they only shall be delivered, but the land shall be desolate. And then he goes, he goes uh, on. Let me move back. Bear with me one moment. And then he says, Or if I bring a sword upon the land and say, Sword, go through the land, so that I cut off man and beast from it, though these three men were in it, as I live, said the Lord God, they shall deliver neither sons nor daughters, but they only shall be delivered themselves. And then, well, <laughs> this, this, uh, let me get to the rest of it. I'm sorry. Then he goes on and he says, or if I send pestilence in the land and pour out, and these are some of the things Jesus was talking about. Or if I send a pestilence in the land and pour out of my, fury upon it in blood to cut off from it man and beast. Though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, as I live, said the Lord God, they shall deliver neither son nor daughter. They shall be delivered. Uh, They shall but deliver their own souls by their righteousness. For thus says the Lord God, how much more when I send my poor, sore judgments Upon Jerusalem, the sword of the famine, noisome pestilence and pestilence, to cut off from it man and beast, which is in Revelations and other parts of the Bible. Yet, behold, there shall be left a remnant that shall be brought forth, both sons and daughters. Behold, they shall come forth unto you, and and ye shall see their way and their doing, and ye shall be comforted concerning the evil that I have brought upon Jerusalem, even concerning all that I have brought upon it. 
But now he's speaking to a season that is different, but I just wanted to interject God's view of um, these evils that go on in the earth. And then it says, and they shall comfort you when you see their ways and their doings. And ye shall know that I have not done without cause all that I have done in it, said the Lord God. So, you know, we look at these characters that God is mentioning here, and we see that they were, in other words, they were delivered by God. And he's giving out different things that were going on or that could possibly go on in the earth. I mean, Job was afflicted, but he was delivered. When we look at Daniel, Daniel, he wasn't so much afflicted, but he was taken away from his home as a child at an early age and and, uh, brought off into Babylon to adapt to other customs, but yet he still remained faithful to the Lord by what? Doing what the Lord, what he had learned in, in royalty by the word of what to do, how to live, how to conduct himself in the order of God, that he wasn't subjected to that system that he was living in regardless. So uh, we see Noah. He was in the midst of all of this vain imaginations that God saw that was wicked. He still contained himself. And so he made it, him and his his eight eight souls, including himself, made it from out of that flood, out of the destruction of the earth. So definitely in God's view, you know, based on the writings of Noah in every aspect of the Bible, that there has to be something different and unique because he's saying, and even here he said, only a remnant, which is 144,000. 144,000. Okay, so we have to look at, you know, is are the teachings aligned with the word of God in this hour, Minister Belinda? Uh, yes, and see, people, people do this sometimes in emotions and because we're trained that way in the world. Okay, and when you come to God, you're going to get untrained. What was that remnant doing? These were people that chose to follow God. They chose to yield their their spirit, their body to God. Uh, they they, They trusted God. You know, they believed what God said. They weren't perfect people. But they gave their lives to God. God is the molder. He says, you know, on the potter's wheel. He's asking us to come and put ourselves on that potter's wheel. And if you look at a person that does clay, they don't start off learning how to do that clay in one minute. It takes years of practice. But when they become skillful, they they are like one with that clay. They take all the perfections out of it. They'll, if something's wrong with it, they'll put it back in there, squish it up, and then redo it. Now, why would God give us that, that symbolic uh, 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 parable? He's asking us to come and let him. The master's hands is the one that does the work in us. These people trusted God. 
when those that when he delivered them out of Egypt, the land of milk and honey, what was that? They didn't know that. They didn't know. All they knew that God said a land of milk and honey. They left by faith and followed by obedience. As they went on, some of them did not. They began to look at the circumstances. And then, then circumstances made them start denying God. Well, we were better off in Egypt. Not really. But Satan will tell you that. But others refused. They made it to the land of milk and honey. Uh, Noah followed. He yielded himself to God. Everything in this word is God's purpose. He tells us, you know, he he gives us understanding. You have to have the full armor of God. Why does he say that? It's for us to search it out. You can't fight the enemy without the armor of God. You have to, God says, when these thoughts come, put them down. I, I, there's a scripture um, when I was in, emotional and cried out, you know, in my, a lot of times in my emotions. And uh, the Lord gave me that one in Isaiah, I think it's in Isaiah, where he says, can a mother forget her child, you know, that comes out of the womb? And he asks them, does a mother forget her child? Well, if you're a mother, and I was a mother, and God was speaking to me, no, you can't. Well, God was saying, I created you. Would I forget you? No. So God was comforting me saying, Belinda, stop. I said, I'll never forsake you. No, no. Oh, help me, Jesus. I'll never forsake you or leave you. There's other scriptures that with God, we're before God continually. He gave me the scripture when, when it says, uh, if you were to, uh, I don't know what quote, if I quote, that if you made your bed in hell, God knows when you're down there. Where can you run and hide? That God doesn't know where you're at. But he gave me them scriptures to make me sound. Belinda, do you understand that I love you forever and will always love you? But the word says, you know, those stories are relevant. Uh, Paul, is, is Paul or Peter, that denied Christ three times. The Lord told him he was going to do it. But he said, Satan, which to sift you like wheat, but I prayed for you. Prayer is an act of love. Why do we pray earnest for our sisters and brothers? Because we've been taught by God to pray one for another. But the Lord was telling him, you're going to do it. But I, I, Satan wished to sift you out. But Pete, is it Peter? Peter, I prayed for you. God was not looking at Peter where he was. He looked at him down the tunnel of time that this man would go on and die for him. But we are trained in the natural of the order of this world to look negative at ourselves. All God wants is to yield your spirit to him. Let him do the work in you. Let the scriptures do the work. 
Let God tear down the things that need to be torn down and build the house that he wants. You're talking about a man. We're talking about, they say this boat was so big. The dimensions just flew in my head. But yet this man, he didn't have no knowledge of how to build a boat. God gave him that knowledge. There wasn't, I don't, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if there were boats. Well, not really, because there was no war, well, rain. There was the ocean and stuff. But, I mean, not to that place on dry land, that big, enormous boat. And does God, God tells you to do something you're not familiar with. You have no understanding of it. But yet God says, come, my daughter, my son. Mm-hmm. Do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. He loves us like that. And I mean, yeah. you know, we make mistakes. And even Paul, uh, Paul said that he yeah. was searching to reach the unattainable. But, you yeah. know, as long as we have breath, there's things yes. that we don't know that we are erroring, you know, that we're making, uh, you know, that it's simple. There's still things that we don't know, but the Holy Spirit will let us know. And that's when, uh, definitely, when the Holy Spirit let us know by the word that we're mm-hmm. a sinner, that's when we have that avenue to repent. Right. He even made a way for that. What God is looking for is the repentance because there's a whole lot of things from old um, as we are growing up, you know, and things that we're doing, we, we mess up. So nobody's saying they're perfect, you know, but no. by faith, but we, get we realize that we are in error by faith, Yes, we want to do the right uh, thing before God because we mm-hmm. now know that we are in error. We don't want to remain yeah. in that error. You know, we want to uh, repent and confess and say, yes, Lord, this is me, because that's mm-hmm. the nature that David had and King David had. And, and God yeah. said, this is a man after my own heart, even though he had mm-hmm. sinned. But Saul on the other side, Saul was like um, justifying himself and making excuses instead of saying, you know, God, I did. I messed up. I'm sorry, yeah. and and you know, and and Paul, Peter was acting in his own confidence mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. If, if he really knew what he was doing, he I, you know probably should have been on at the feet of Christ and saying, Lord, please don't let me do this. Lord, please yeah. don't let me deny you. There. You know, he empower thought, yeah. me not to deny you because mm-hmm. uh, he was acting in his own confidence at that moment. He's saying, Oh, I can do this. You know, and a lot of mm-hmm. people will call that faith, but that's not mm-hmm. faith. That's your own confidence. It's the point of saying mm-hmm. when the Holy Spirit let us know by the word of God or however the Holy Spirit brings it to you through conviction in your inner man or, or how he be, he's communicating, that's at a point of saying, you know, because you don't want to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. You know, man, man dealing with man is a different thing, but when it comes to God, it's the point of saying I'm wrong. Lord, I mm-hmm. am wrong. Fix me. Make me right. Fix me and make me right. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to do this anymore. Give me the grace, empowering grace, an amazing grace to overcome this. Mm-hmm. That I that I like you and I remain, you know, in your 
uh, covenant because we don't want to break covenant. We don't want to yes. break agreements and and uh, vows that we make with God. We we want to honor them because He's honorable and He wants us also to be honorable before Him. And um, uh, so let's let uh, Sister Spencer please share your your uh, thoughts around this. Well, I was just thinking about how, you know, you talked about a remnant being saved. And and in that scriptures that you were reading, the remnant numbered to 144,000. And in Noah's day, it was just him and his family, a remnant that was saved among the world. And to Mr., uh, to Minister Belinda's, I'm sorry, Minister Belinda's point, I'm sorry, I'm so tongue-tied today. Mm-hmm. That's um, okay. To her point about how, you know, we need to be focused on Jesus and we have to be concentrated and, and set apart to God, you know, it, it made me think about how, you know, even in our uh, how, even in our day, you know, that we know that um, among this world, this wicked and twisted generation, much like the same world that Noah was living in, that there will be a remnant that will be saved. And as you were saying that, you know, we have to remember that we are in a covenant with God, you know, just like Noah was, like God made a covenant with Noah, you know, to uh, no longer uh, destroy the world by that means again. But we know that Jesus is coming back. And so when we think about it, it's, it's all the more why we need to focus on Jesus and not get distracted by the world around us. And remembering that God has a remnant, and that His and those believers within that remnant, they are consecrated and they set apart for a higher purpose. And renewing our minds of of this and thinking about on this truth, it, we should think about it a lot. It's important. We we must know and we have to understand that you know who we are in Christ Jesus and who He is in us, so that we can walk in purpose. You know to understand this higher calling that we have that to be called and set apart. And and we think about uh, humanity at large who think that walking in God's wisdom and walking with God is folly or that it's foolish. When we think about pay attention um, to our lives and thinking about how God has given us each a plan for one of us, but it's, up to us to walk in it in our lives that you know it when you think about that remnant that remnant from God's perspective was saved that remnant from God's perspective was clean and holy and set apart and I I just think about how we have so many examples in scripture of people who knew uh, their purpose in life and knew and trusted in God to fulfill it even aside from Noah you know I was thinking about how um, you know, Paul, you know, he knew that he was set apart for the purpose of preaching the gospel. He knew that he was set apart in walking out his mission. You know, he knew that he was set apart to convert the, his known world at his time, and he was looking forward to uh, a time that he could be with the, long, with the Lord. He was chosen long before he was an enemy of the church. God knew what he would do, and that didn't change his mind in using him. He had set Paul apart and then empowered him to be able to give a witness to the world 
and to his known world, just like Noah was, as we learned a couple weeks ago, was set apart uh, from his generation as someone that was found favor in God's eyes in order that God, so much so that God said that he would save him and his family. And I just thought about, you know, if we are wanting to be of that remnant that God has chosen to save and, and amidst this wicked generation, we have to be living a, 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 a set up a life that is set apart from others, you know. And I just thought mm-hmm. about how, you know, when we, when, it, you know, when because he has chosen us and set us apart and he has a, such a wonderful plan for our lives, we have to know that God will help us every step of the way. And he, to do this, we have to look toward him and understand that we are here by his grace and mercy. And I just thought that, you know, when we pay attention um, to our own lives and try to live a life consecrated and set apart to God so that we can share in that high calling that Paul was looking forward to, that we, uh, from God's perspective, you know, we can walk in faith and walk in knowing that we are chosen, you know, and part of, you know, whether that remnant was, you know, a literal 144,000, we know that God is saving, you know, all, all of those who have a saving faith that we are, um, can be chosen, set apart, and saved from God from the wrath that's to come. Absolutely. You know, you know. Look at when we're talking about this remnant thing. You know, I just want to interject um, this as well in Matthew 22, where Jesus was given the parable of what the kingdom of heaven was like, and you know, vice versa, what what the other side, you know, the dark system looks like. And he says um, in 14, he comes and he says, for many are called, but few are chosen. Now, one of the things is is when you begin to preach like Jesus preached and say things like Jesus say and, you know, like the apostles and the the disciples, the the prophets uh, begin, when you begin to speak that type of thing, you're going to face challenges. And, you know, certainly when, you know, the Bible says that Noah was preaching um, when he was building this ark. And so certainly he probably faced challenges, you know, like people, uh, like we talked about last week, I believe, in, in the week before, about, about being mocked, uh, about being challenged. And sometimes probably people came to even twist uh the the plans and the thoughts that God had put in his mind to build the ark um they probably came to try to challenge him in the spirit challenge him in every aspect of his his uh desire to be faithful unto God and that's going to happen uh many are called and few are chosen cuz right after Jesus said that it says then went the Pharisees and took counsel on how they might entangle him in his talk. Wow. Wow. Do do we see that in this hour, Minister Belinda? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Uh, you're going to be tried. And it said, even in out of your own household. 
and stuff you're going to be laughed at. Uh, uh, just some of the words, you little Jesus freak, uh, all kinds of crazy things. And But you have to know that uh, the scripture says, uh, what's the one that says, uh, if you can't suffer with Jesus, you won't reign with him. And you have to tell yourself you're in good company. Because every last one of those that went on to the higher calling of God were persecuted greatly. But the rewards are greatly. Yes. You'll even, uh, they'll even try to dis- defame your name. But God is good. That's guaranteed. That's scripture. It's in the Bible. It's scripture. You're going to be persecuted for his name's sake. But he said, count it all joy. Will it hurt? Yes. But that's when you go to the throne room of God and let God heal you through the uh, the arrows that people do send that may penetrate into your heart. God is able to heal. Amen. And Spencer, would you like to share on that as well? Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, and it, it, it's persecution is just the reality of our living our Christian life. You know, Christian persecution is to be expected. Um, I believe it's in Timothy where we're told that everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So we we know this. So Jesus also said that if they persecuted him, they will persecute you. So he made it clear to those of the world that the world will hate Christians because the world hated him. The world hated Christ. So if Christians were like the world, you know, vain and, you know, had earthly pursuits, giving to pleasure, striving after wealth, striving after ambition, the world wouldn't oppose us. But because Christians don't belong to the world, that's why the world engages in Christian persecution. We have to learn to recognize the value of it and even to rejoice in it. It's, it, it but to quietly, because persecution, it gives us some spiritual value. You know, Christ, you know, it gives us maturity. It helps us develop endurance in this life. You know, it, uh, you know, just like steel is, is, it, it forges the trials and persecution. It strengthens us. It gives us character. So you, when you think about what Noah had to contend with, we talked about a couple of weeks ago about about how, you know, that even there were demonic forces that were mating with some of the women. So yeah. we know that there was a presence of, you know, mm-hmm. demons that Noah had to fight, you know, in the spirit realm. On mm-hmm. top of having to build this art, on top mm-hmm. of you know thinking about his own salvation of his own family, so he had to go. He went. Noah went through a lot before he even stepped on to the art. So when we are in face of persecution, we just like Minister Balloon said, we just thank God. God is good. We thank Him for His grace, and we thank Him that His that for His patience with us. You know, yeah. we. Love the Lord even when he stands with us. And we know that he stands with us in times of distress. And, and we just pray for those who would accuse or misuse or abuse us. Yes. Yes. There you go. I agree. 
So let's kind of summarize it and share your final thoughts with the body of Christ, um, Minister Belinda. Let's summarize um, all that we have went over in this session with Genesis 6, uh, 7, and 8, and uh, share your final solution with the body of Christ. My final solution is to hear when God speaks, hear him. When he says do, obey him. And continually to pray for your obedience, your faith, because faith without uh, works is dead. They got to be both. And in order to achieve the goals that God has set for you in your life as a Christian, you got to have those. And uh, learn the word of God and hide it in your heart. Obey the word of God. Use the word of God. And that's all I have to say. Amen. Absolutely. And Sister Spencer, if you want to kind of summarize uh, 6, 7, and 8 and provide the solution for the body of Christ. Well, just as we were talking about how long it took for him to wait, you know, to wait on God, uh, not only, you know, Noah was given a roundabout time, you know, about 120 years as to they were given to repent. But, you know, he wasn't given a time frame as to long, how long he was going to be on that boat. And it, 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 it just, we just sometimes, you know, God calls us to do things that are hard and it might even seem impossible. We have to leave the known for the unknown. We have to, so to speak, leave the ark that has taken us this far and sometimes step out on our own. And it's scary. It's unnerving because when we leave the, leave the familiar sometimes, you know, we can never go back there again. So to, for Noah, and his family leaving the ark meant embarking on a whole new life with whole new dangers, with whole new responsibilities, with whole new opportunities. And sometimes it takes courage and resolve and a decision not to look back or second-guess ourselves. So it just makes us, you know, if it had been me, you, you have to think about how much courage it took for him to step out on the boat that, you know, even when things went bad, that he would have to deal with it. But sometimes faith means taking the next step and then trusting God with with the results. It's it's kind of a paradox, like we were saying in the beginning, because, you know, sometimes we pray for change in our circumstances, but when the moment comes, we're so overwhelmed with fear that we're just unable to move. So we have to remember it was by faith that Noah built that ark. It was by faith that he entered that ark. It was by faith that Noah left that ark. And I don't know which was harder, either to enter the ark or to leave it, but both can be very difficult. So some of us, you know, are stuck because we know it's time for us to move forward, but we're afraid to take the next step. And just remember that God blessed Noah who knew when to get on the boat, but he also knew when to get off. Amen, amen. That is good. I like that. And uh, thank you for sharing. Um, I just want to say once Noah knew the will of God for his life, he obeyed it. Noah's um, ingrained and unwavering act of obedience to God reveals 
will, and he conformed to him to to God's purpose, but not the ways of the world system, not the ways of things that were functioning uh, in the world. And usually uh, these programs that we have, it's really applicable to the body of Christ because God is, you know, coming first to the body of Christ to bring it into correction. Um, So no matter what the world was doing, saying, following, Noah chose to dwell in the abode of God's will building the ark until the day of God closed him in. His faith accounted him unto righteousness, accounted him unto a righteousness. And, and you know, he worked. He worked. Uh, he did the works that God told him to. He heard the word from God, and he acted on it. Um, again, Jesus is the word. Uh, we're supposed to act on the word that he has given us, that he has given us to follow, given us to walk in, given us to be challenged in. Uh, he has also given us the Holy Spirit to empower and equip us. In Romans chapter 8, it tells us to be led by the Holy Spirit, and these are the sons and daughters that do so. We are heirs to the Son by walking by the Spirit. Spirit is word also. Um, In Galatians 5, it tells us to walk by the Spirit and that we inherit the kingdom of God. So, you know, look at where Noah is, is living. He is trying to build an ark for God. And look at Noah. He did not even have any... You know, somebody may say, well, Noah, you know, you're building this ark to God, for God. You know, where's your shoes at? How are you building this ark and you have you don't even have any decent shoes on? You know, are we not living and, you know, satisfied with the precious things of these earth? Why should we build uh, an ark with our hands? Why should we follow you? Why should we listen to what you're preaching, Noah, at this time? Uh if God wanted uh, this ark to be built, why did he not structure it himself? Vain imagination. Nevertheless, Noah continued to build, and he and his family, they entered in. Eight souls were saved. Eight souls were saved. And the word was made, I'm sorry, <laughs> Yeah, the word was made alive. What God had said, it came to pass. What God promised, it came to pass. So the word was made alive. The the earth was made anew. The water recessed. Dry land appeared again for a second chance. For a second chance. And we are living in that season of the second chance. We are living in the season of Jesus Christ. And we are empowered because he has given us the Holy Spirit to live with, to walk with, to be led by. So those eight souls were saved. What about you? What about you right now? Are you really walking in the salvation of our Lord and Savior? Or are you following the ingrained traditions of man or woman 
or or you seeking the will of God for yourself to know what thus says the Lord for you, for your life to fulfill his sovereign purpose? Are you doing what others are saying in order to fit into the box or cage assigned for you? Or are you walking into the destiny that God has told you to do? And I, I want us to ponder on these questions because body of Christ, we, we have a destiny. We have a purpose in this world. But are you dwelling in the abode of God's will as Noah was, possessing and building unto the coming of Jesus Christ or sitting in the world system? Constantly without a purpose or a mission. Amen. Hmm. God wants us to shift, to prepare for a new day. God wants us to leave the old structure and build a new one according to his design and his specifications that will battle and drown out the devil of this world according to his vision, not ours. Are we building? Are we designing according to God's specifications? God wants us to build a new sustainable structure until the second coming of Jesus Christ according to his design and specifications. Not ours, not our agenda, not our purpose, but God's purpose, God's destiny. And God wants us to board the new structure, and dwell in his glory. Yeah, he built that, he had uh, Noah to build that ark, and I'm sure that Noah was dwelling. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it would take for me to go through a whole bunch of more scriptures to get this, but I'm sure he was dwelling in, in the glory of the Lord. Are you dwelling in the glory of the Lord at, in this hour? Or are you halfway in, portway out, or you look lukewarm, body of Christ? Are you lukewarm? Because Jesus said, you know, that Jesus is the ark of the covenant. We are the body of Christ. And to be off Emmanuel, God with us, he said, if you, I'd rather that you would be cold or hot. Because if you're lukewarm, he said, I will spew you out to be vomited out of the body of Christ is a serious matter. And that's not where we want to be. We want to be we want to be able to onboard but can still contain the glory that God has given us to perform the acts in the earth that he wants us to do. Now God wants us to use intelligence. Because he said they perish without knowledge. They perish without wisdom. They perish without understanding. They perish without vision or revelation. The only way we can get God's wisdom, knowledge, and understanding and his vision is to seek him for it. We can't get it ourselves. And if we hold on to the wisdom of this world, we will perish the knowledge of this world, we will perish. And there's plenty of it out there. There's plenty of information and ideas 
out there, but without getting the relevant knowledge from God that we need to survive, we will perish. So Noah used wisdom. He he used intelligence. He sent a raven out first. Then he sent a dove out. And he recognized that, okay, the dove, he came back empty. He recognized that the next time when he went, that dove went out, he used intelligence. Where did he get the intelligence to send the dove out? We don't even begin to understand the basic things of God. We we, we ponder on every everything everything else that's said, but we don't want the basic the very basics of Jesus Christ, body of Christ. When we unboard, God wants us to release sacrifices of praise. This is Noah offered unto him. Are we releasing sacrifices of praise unto the Lord, or are we motivating ourselves in the praise? Or are we motivating ourselves in the worship? Are we waiting to get something out of it? Or are we just doing it? Because we love him And we want his presence We want his glory to be with us God is waiting for us to unboard God is waiting for us to unboard And for us To release the glory throughout the world While being attached to his vine Which is Jesus Christ Meeting You know the 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 Bible says in John 15 that Jesus Christ is the vine, and 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 the vine, if we are attached to the vine, we will be producing much fruit, and the Lord will cause it to multiply in the earth. The first command in the Bible given to man: be fruitful and multiply, replenish. The earth How many souls are being saved If we are boarded up Continuously In the ark and haven't unboarded yet To release his glory In the earth That is when the acts Of the Lord Will become out And that that that's What I want to say We have to shift and change And do it God's way because the Great Commission was go ye into the world, making them, disciptizing them. Amen? Amen. So, Amen. Amen. So there, must, there, must, there must be a change at this time. There must be a change. It can't, we cannot be shut up and no more uh, so that his mercy will rejoice against judgment. We have to come out. We have to sacrifice ourselves. We have to present the offering, and we have to do it in such a way that the Lord will see us and his mercy will rejoice against judgment. Amen? Amen. The rainbow is glowing to give you continuous remembrance of yesterday's promises. Jesus said it would be like the days of Noah. God has set you for his appointed time to remember you, just as he did 
with Noah. He set you for an appointed time to remember you. Yep. Amen. So so our faith faith must be as such as that we know that God is going to remember us no matter what Satan is putting before us, no matter what the devil is barriers he's trying to put on the narrow path to get you off base, no matter what stumbling blocks he has put before you, God will remember you on that path for an appointed time. The Lord is set to remember you. Amen. And it is God who holds the winds in his fist and brings them out of his treasures and causes it to fulfill his word, not man, not woman. Amen. Proverbs 34, Psalms 135, 7. Psalms 148, 8, Exodus 14, 21. It is God who holds the winds in his fist and brings them out of his treasures and causes to fulfill his work, not man. Amen. Not man. So, you know, body of Christ, it, 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 it is God who holds the winds, I'm going to say it one more time, in his fist. And bring them out of his treasures and cause us to fulfill his word and his word. And you have a set time, body of Christ. You have a set time that God will remember you. So don't get focused on the pain and sorrows of this world. Don't get focused on drowning. But put yeah. your focus, you know, Jesus Christ help me. I'm trying to stay coarse here. But the Bible says, David, uh, the psalm says, I will look unto the hills where my help cometh from. He is maker of heaven and earth. Earth. Maker of heaven and earth. So if you have been inherited from the sun, you, you are heir through the sun and you're walking by the Spirit and led by the Spirit, this is your hour. This is your time. This is your time to manifest. This is your time to stand up and speak things as though that they were into the earth until it manifests unto God's glory. Now, in October uh, 2018, I wasn't even in the United States of America, and the Lord told me that, and Alabama was going to get hit. And I posted several times, I said, pray for Alabama. Pray for Alabama. And Alabama was hit more than Mississippi, more than uh, Georgia, or any other place. And, and, and let me tell you something. When God says something, it shall surely come to pass. So I'm telling you, body of Christ, this is your season. This is your time to stand up. And, and, and come out of the boat. Come out of the ark. Amen. Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, Amen. God with us. As God has the key to open it, he, he has the key to shut it. And Amen. God's word never return void. God's word will right. never return to you void. So body of Christ, what are you doing in these last days before God closes the door. 
come alive in Christ Jesus with mm-hmm. faith to his righteousness. Again, mm-hmm. I say, come alive in faith in Christ yes. Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. That is my final words for today over Genesis 6, 7, and 8, and you have heard us all. And if you haven't heard all of uh, the what we have spoken over, please go back and listen to the archives. They are still there. And we want to say to you, body of Christ, this is an hour for change. This is an hour yes. for transformation. This is the hour for us to walk the acts of the the Lord and Savior on this earth, that people will know that Jesus Christ lives and he does live. He is not dead. He is alive and well, sitting and waiting for you to be the vessel that he has called you to be here in this earth. Amen. Uh, Minister uh, Belinda, can you pray for the body of Christ and as we close out? Yes. Oh, God, in Jesus' name, Father, we stand, God, in your throne room, God, with humility but with boldness. You said enter into into your kingdom boldly, God, with force. Lord, we ask you, God, to begin to tear down everything that would hinder your people. Raise up a nation, God, that will stand on your word, that will speak boldly, God, as heirs to the throne room of God. Father, Lord, we have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Lord, let your people begin to use the keys that Jesus gave us. Lord, let us walk, God. For you said in your word, greater that's in us than in the world, God. There wasn't an if in there or a but. You said greater that's in us than in the world. We are heirs to that word, God. We have the power to shut the heavens up and to open them. We have the power to call that which does not exist into existence. God, open the mouth of your people and let them declare your word, God. We're able to tear down and to build, God, in the spiritual realm, God. God, it's time for your people to wake up. He just said we have not because we ask not. God, you gave us, you said, the faith of a mustard seed. But, God, if we don't plant that seed in your kingdom, but it grows to be the strongest, strongest tree. You said come as we are, God, and that you would equip us. You said if we're called, you qualified us. Lord, let us walk in that qualification. Open the eyes of understanding of your people to know who they are. It's time, Lord, that your people say, I am what God has claimed me from birth. I am an heir to the kingdom of heaven. I am called of the Lord. Amen, amen. Yes. God, let them come out. Not in fear, but reverence of you, not of the fear of the world, God. Because you said greater that's in us than in the world. Why would we fear when we have the kingdom of heaven and God, our sovereign God that made the heaven and the earth is our father. God, he's the God that sent Jesus and did the miracles and allowed him to die on the cross and was the resurrection power. And that power lies in us. 
Yes. And greater works that we would do than your son. Mm-hmm. Come up in boldness, God. And in sound minds, sound hearts, Lord. You said that you're going to raise up a nation, God, that will not submit to Baal. That will raise their banners, God, high and say, we are the children of the Most High. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. God, you said ears haven't heard, eyes haven't seen the good things that God has prepared for his people. Lord, let your people come up to the mountain. God, let them see the hidden mysteries of the word of God, Lord. You said, seek after you, hunger after you, thirst after you. Let us eat, God, like we're so hungry for food. But God, this food will keep us. Let us thirst after you, God, that we can't get enough. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your people. God, let the weak become strong. Let them know that they can lean to the post that will not break. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, you put spiritual backbones in them. God, that they will not go to the right or the left. They will not go backwards, God. But you seal off the right, the left, and behind them, that they can only move forward, God. Jesus, you are more than capable, for you're the carpenter. You're the builder of the house. You're the, the master of the wheel, God. Let your people yield unto you and say, Lord God, create in me. Whatever they lack, if it's a clean heart, God, clean their heart. Lord, there's nothing you can do. There's no failure in God. Because even in our failures, God teaches us to be overcomers. God, you've given your word. It covers us in every area, Lord. Give your people dreams and revelations. You say, God, they perish for lack of visions and dreams. Then God, give them dreams. Give them visions. And Lord, let them know that the word of God is like a a pearl, valuable, that God, when they stand, they're able to save their household, God. It's not just about them, God. It's about souls, Lord. The yes, souls Lord. that they'll God. There are people crying out, Lord, Father. But who's going? God, it's Ikiamahopa. Jesus, you know. Father, there's many wars to be won in the spirit realm. You said death has no sting, God. It's not about the death of the flesh, but the death of the soul. And your word is powerful, God. You said your word would not go void. We can speak the word of God and it shall do what it says. Amen. Holiness, God. Give us the faith, God. Let us apply our faith that it will grow, Father. So you said from glory to glory, the strength, the strength, God. Help us to walk, God, in the spirit realm, to see the things, God, that we have no understanding, things we have not seen. But you said if we dare to go, you will give us the understanding. You will give us the knowledge and the wisdom. God, if that lady that knew not but knew enough to know these men were of God, Hid them in a house, Lord. 
and it would save her household when the city was destroyed, Rahab. God, touch your people to understand we have more knowledge and wisdom now. But she took them in, God, not, not thinking of the fear that she and her household could be killed. Mm. But she saw something that made her move in compassion to hide these men. Lord, it would make, everything would be destroyed, but her household was saved. We know not, God, what you ask us to require of us. May save our household. May call out our mothers, our fathers, our generation, God. Father, in the name of Jesus, shake your people. Shake them, God. You said if the tree is not shaken, it remain the same. God, let there be a shaking on this earth for your people. Lord, in the name of Jesus. I call it done in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bless the Lord. I want to ask um, our dear Spencer, since we have a little more time, can you please um, pray for the leaders, leaders of the body of Christ in this hour? Sure. Amen. God, we just thank you today to uh, allow us to come into your presence, oh God. We thank you for allowing us to be able to convene together, to study your word, that you, uh, we thank you for the gift of unity, God, that inspires us to work together and the gifts that we've been blessed with within the body of Christ, God. We, we confess that honoring you with our work is not always in the forefront of our minds as we strive for an end goal sometimes, God, but we know that in the end, together, we complement each other's strengths, oh, God, that we, as a unified body in Christ, we can do great things in your honor. And today, God, we just pray for the spirit of the Lord and the spirit of the un- wisdom and spirit of understanding to be upon our leaders who are under fire in this hour, God. We pray that as your spirit rests upon them, that you will make them of quick understanding of your word because you, God, you have anointed them and qualified them to preach uh, and teach us uh, to the preach the gospel to the meek, God, to the poor, to the wealthy, to the afflicted. You have sent them to bind up and heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty and, and, and to deliver spiritual captives in the name of Jesus. And we ask that, God, our leaders be called to be priests of you, that they will speak, people will speak of them, as ministers of God, and I pray that no weapon formed against them shall prosper and that any tongue that rises against them in judgment that they be shown to be wrong. And I pray that you will prosper them abundantly, O oh God, physically, spiritually, and financially. Lord, I thank you that they hold fast and follow the pattern of wholesome and sound teaching, as you say in your word, and all faith and all love, which is for us is in Christ Jesus, God. We pray that you guard them and keep them with your the greatest love and to help them to be adapted to truth and to entrust them and trust to them by the Holy Spirit, God, that is in all of us. So I just pray and believe that each and every day and each utterance that you give our leaders, that they will open their mouths boldly, God, and courageously as they get the gospel to people. And we just thank you for the added strength that comes from the superhuman power that you have given 
all of us by means of your spirit. Today, God, we stand with them. We ask that you guard them in prayer. We pray that you, we up as the body of Christ, say good things, give them a good word that will edify and build them up. Um, and we also ask that you would not allow us to judge them, but to always can freely, continually intercede on behalf of our, our leaders, God. We pray against the plans of the enemy, God, whether it be uh, leaders, or whether it be pastors, whether it be bishops, whether it be all of the different gifts that you've given within the body of Christ. We pray that you help them to stand against the machinations of the devil, God, to help them to be strong in this hour because we know that the, the devil attacks them even more so than some of all of us because they are taking the lead, God. We ask you that you help them not to become weary of well-doing or discouraged in their own duties and that they uh, are able to accomplish their tasks, God, that you set before them, realizing that it's not in their own strength, in their own wisdom, but we pray that each one may learn to rest in your love and to be open to your voice. We pray that every member of the body of Christ and those leaders, that they have a caring spirit for the whole body of Christ and that they continue to grow in grace and show forth in their lives and even in their own homes, a genuine love for those to whom they minister to God, that they have deep love for us, they have deep love for you. And we pray that that they will love you with all your heart, all their heart, all their soul, all their mind, all their strength, and that their ministry will not steal them from their first love, which is you, Jesus Christ. And we pray that you would, they will love and that they will serve their wives and their families with God's heart and that their families would have love for the ministry instead of resenting uh, it because they, their, the leaders are away from their homes, God. So I just pray for a passion, for a conviction, uh, for their calling to Christ. I pray that they will walk in confidence, walk in humility against those who slander them, who attack them, or speak evil against them. I pray that they're teaching and they're preaching that they will be walk rightly in the word of God, that they will be bold and give convicting words, encouraging the body of Christ, and that they are anointed. And most of all, God, I pray that they are Christ-centered. I pray that they will never fall prey to um, the machinations of this world. I pray for their holiness. I pray for their purity. I pray for that they rest spiritually and physically. And I pray that they do spend time with us in their own lives, in their own walk with you, and they get away to find peace and solitude. And I pray for all of the people who assist them, that they serve them with honor and that they encourage, and they also pray for them, and they always also admonish them, God. So I pray that these things for ministers and for pastors and for leaders, and, and I pray that we lift up all of those in leadership positions, even in our government, God, both net, local and nationally. I pray that you keep our leaders from adopting laws that are contrary to your truth. I pray for those who are in a position to be able to serve you, that you give them your Holy Spirit that will lead them and guide them in all the duties that you have called upon them to do. I pray that, God, that you keep uh, uh, the pastors Christ focused and that they, that you guard them and that you guide them from being uh, tempted towards the lust of this world or any pride for aptitudes, God. Give them integrity and grace in all of their duties and make them, de- make them themselves delight in you so that their lives 
and their examples is a wonderful witness to others so that you may be glorified through their ministries, God. It's in Jesus' name that we pray all of these things. Amen. 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 And I want to pray for the persecuted Christians, those that are going through persecution, mocking, um, whatever uh, ways that the enemy is coming against and aggressing. Father, we ask in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, oh, Lord, that even when they see one of your children, that they will see the blood of the Lamb. We ask in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, oh, Lord, that you would send a flaming sword between any enemy that is coming to try to challenge them in any angle, Father, we ask, O oh Lord, that you would stand faithful and strong and that you would dispatch your holy archangels, O oh Lord, to surround, protect, and shield them in Jesus' mighty name. Oh, Father, we ask, O oh Lord, that uh, over their life we speak blessings, we speak covering, we speak your glory over their life, O oh Father, in Jesus' mighty name. And we ask, O oh Lord, that you give them the strength to stand faithful and strong until the end that they will not uh, bow to any other system but that of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We ask, O oh Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, that you make divine provisions for all of your children throughout the world, O oh Lord, wherever the enemy is trying to come against it and set up barriers and limitations, O oh God. We ask, O oh Lord, that you tear them down by the power of the Holy Ghost. And we ask, O oh Father, that every demonic uh, forces that work, every king that sends forth principalities, O oh Father, every principality that sends forth demons, we say, return back to the sender in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And every tomb that they're trying to close your children up, we say, return back to the sender in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we dedicate every child of God before you, O Lord, upon your throne. And as we dedicate them before you, we ask, O Lord, that your hand will rest upon them, O God, because where your hand rests, the enemy shall not tread. Father, we ask in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, O Lord, that you will not allow, that you will delay, and that you will stop the permissions of the enemy over your children in this hour. That is, we will go forth and go out into the world, O oh Lord, to proclaim the glory of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that we shall prevail in Jesus' mighty name, and that the enemy must bow at the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we ask in the mighty name of Jesus, O Lord, that every stronghold that the enemy try to raise up over any environment of your children, O God, that you will trample it, that it will come down of the Hosanna. Father, Oh, Father, your Bible says when you walk up on the earth, that the earth shall quake. Oh, Father, we ask, oh, Lord, that you stay uh, in the earthquake of this season and time, that we may uh, prevail over the works of the enemy in this, in this uh, earth. In Jesus' mighty name, we ask, oh, Lord, for your divine mercy, oh, Lord, as we rejoice, as we give sacrificial offerings before you, oh, God that you will stay your judgment in this hour and have mercy and compassion over your children until many are saved, O oh God. As you have come into the world, that many will be saved in this hour. We stand by your word, O oh Lord, that it shall be unto your glory and that the devil will receive his shame. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Um, does anyone have anything else that they would like to share before we close out? I just love how you were praying that, you know, that or saying how we should remember God. So I just, I just want to say that 
you know, it's a challenge for all of us to remember God in all that we do. So in our youth, we have to remember God. We have to remember God in our marriage. We have to remember God in our singleness. Remember God when we victorious and even remember God when we are defeated. But we have we must remember God. And and that's just on my heart. You know, it's time for us to remember God, to remember the Lord, to take time to give thanks, to to build an altar like Noah did, that we will meet the Lord every day. Take time to pray. Speak up for Jesus. Bless the name of the Lord and do so publicly. And remember the God who remembers you. He will be your joy. He will be your comfort in this life and the life to come. Amen. 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 We we must uh, stay focused on God in this hour. And, you know, in Psalms 45, it says that um, through righteousness, um, the scepter, we have access to the scepter of our Lord and Savior, and it's also mentioned in other parts of the Bible. So we also want to cling to doing what is right in God's eyes um, by faith and by, you know, our works as the Holy Spirit gives us guidance to do so so that we can access that scepter and have the authority of God in the earth. It's very critical in this hour that we do so. Um, in Jesus' mighty name, that many will be saved. Um, Father, we desire your acts in the earth, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, so I want to say to the body of... Oh, go ahead. You were getting ready to say something before I close out. And God, God's people need to know. They need to... Uh, uh, when we pray, access the word of God. When you're dis- When the enemy's trying to discourage you, Ask God to encourage your heart. He may give you a dream to let you know certain things. Uh, if the enemy's trying to rob your hope, your faith, or God give me more faith or hope, God increase my hope. You know, God, there's so many things that God can do. If you're lonely, God, help me. God has ministering angels that will come to you. God Amen. can give us. It comes out of heaven to minister to your heart. Amen. God is loves you, and God is capable of. Don't box God in. He's more than capable of meeting your needs where you are. You know, He's not condemning you. He's telling you to come forward, and He can give that to you. You know, He comes when He corrects us because He loves us. So many yeah. times, God, I've had angels come down and hand me a bouquet. I saw myself on a step. My my soul was weary, and the angel came down and laid a bouquet. I've mm-hmm. seen God of mercy, angels of mercy, and they were smiling at me. They were so beautiful. Yes, yes. And, and he is a merciful um, God and long-suffering, as we yes. saw uh, with uh, Noah's generation, that we had long-suffering. And one of the things is is that we don't uh, we we need to grow to that area of revelation and being able to tap off into uh, the way that the enemy works, so that we will be able to combat it uh, effectively yeah. in in the in the spiritual realms because we wrestle not with flesh and blood. We have to move no. past the fourth dimension of what we can see, smell, hear, taste, and feel 
and and um, hit those barriers and limitations that the enemy structure uh, to mm-hmm. try to keep us from progressing forward, you know, and holding yeah. us back uh, to a point of where uh, the body of Christ is losing faith. We have to keep the faith going. And um, mm-hmm. coming up uh, soon on Mondays, we're going to uh, start back with Kingdom Strategies uh, in the mornings um, uh, to combat the works of the enemy. The eyes have to be opened up to take understanding of what we are combating. The enemy doesn't work. Um, he works in hierarchy structures, higher structures. So we have to understand those hierarchies and how to combat it. Um, the demons don't come out by themselves; they're dispatched out. You know, the 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 principalities don't function by themselves. There's kings of darkness over them. So we need to understand how to combat and what we're hitting when we when we begin to uh, do warfare, a spiritual warfare uh, against the enemy in the heavens and the earth and the sea and the cauldron and on the in the land. You know, we we have we have sorcerers, we have uh, witches, we have wizards, we have enchanters in the earth, and and after experiencing some of those things, you have to know that you you will definitely know that you're not dealing with a regular a regular human being. We're not dealing with flesh in the earth at this time. We're dealing with some serious stuff, and and we the, if we don't grow and begin to produce the acts of God in the earth and, and get to a point where we're praying, where we see God working it right then in the now in real time mode. Um, as, as uh, Paul did, he said to the woman that had the, the uh, spirit of divination, he said to call that spirit out. And it Amen. says within that hour, you know, mm-hmm. to the point where everybody recognized that something was different about this woman. We, we got to get to that point. In, in this hour, in the body of Christ, after that means prayer, uh, uh, fasting, seeking the Lord, and, and enduring uh, to the end. Because we can't just lay down every time the barrier comes before us or, uh, you know, we get hit. We have to be able to stand back up in faith and say, I know my Redeemer liveth, you know. And if you know your Redeemer liveth, then you, you we have to act like it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to say to the body of Christ out there, you know, um, if if you have went off course, you know, the Bible tells us in First John chapter one, uh, verses seven through ten, he said, "But if we walk in the light, and He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ." His son cleanses us from all sin, you know, but we have to ask for it. It says in eight, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, he is faithful. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us. From all unrighteousness If we say that we have not sinned We make him a liar and his word is not in us Now So I want to say we have an avenue Out From the old nature Into the new nature And we have to 
want it. We have to cling to it, and we have to desire for us to move to that next level because every level that we are in, my old level is, you know, it must go. I must move into the new nature, a born-again nature in Christ Jesus. What I did yesterday is is gone because Jesus has wiped it away. Nobody can't bring it back up because Jesus Christ himself has wiped it away. And you have to know that for yourself and that when you move forward, if if Jesus helped me get rid of that old nature, then he can help me get rid of a, a new one or another one that the devil put before me. And And we have to grow. We have to grow and we have to want this. We can't stay in ourselves any longer. We have to move past self and move into what God has ordained for us in order for the act of the Lord to be produced in the earth. It's, it's no longer about us anymore. We have, in other words, it's about God. It's about El Yahweh. We have to let yes. go of us. And for all of those out there that do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you're listening, uh, listening in, um, Russia, China, those who be chiming in and listening, we love all of you. But this is an hour, too, for you to transform your nations with Jesus Christ by his word. And so we say that if you don't know him, get down on your knees wherever you are. And say, Jesus Christ, come into my life and reveal yourself to me that I might know you in your likeness. And he will do that. He will do that. And as you do that, pick up a holy Bible. It it, it doesn't have to be in English. Get it in your own language. There there are many interpretations in, in your language. But get it and start reading it. Read it from Genesis to the end. And, and consume what the Lord has for you in this hour that you know and not be fooled by the enemy. Because Amen. he moves like a, a, a to and fro throughout the earth seeking who he can devour. Make your mind up that you will not be devoured by the devil in this hour. In Jesus' name. Amen. And I, mm-hmm. I, so as you, have, as you have done that, if, if you need someone to talk to, you know, we're we're always um, on the air uh, on every Saturday at 11 a.m. If you need to know more, call in, and we'll, we'll answer your questions. You can also yeah. listen to us live at blogtalk.com forward slash Kingdom Empowerment, Inc. We, we, are, we are here as vessels only for the Lord, but Jesus Christ is your ultimate destination. He's your ultimate source. For everything He is divine Attached to him Drink from him And he will give you life Life more abundantly God bless you all May he empower and equip you For the days to come In Jesus mighty name God bless you Amen With lucky landslots You can get lucky Just about anywhere Dearly beloved We are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.